Rick Lambert. Welcome to this marketing show. You know, Cheryl, it was about a year ago, I went to this thing called a conference. Remember those? I do remember those when we actually traveled and left our house. <laughs> yeah, we'd actually put our clothes in a suitcase, hop on an airplane, go to some place and sit in a room with other humans without a mask on. Anyway, those were the days. Uh, a speaker at this conference I was at made a stat. He, he said, said that 41% of millennials would prefer digital communication, meaning text, email, etc., over actually speaking or communicating live with someone. And it rocked me because I thought, you know, that's not really the way it used to be. And then COVID hit and all of a sudden, boom, we're forced into this virtual world. So today I want to talk about from a sales head, and you can share from marketing, eight things we believe that companies can do to pandemic proof their sales team. Mm -hmm. um, and Cheryl, I don't know if you have any thoughts out of the blocks here. Well, I just wanted to mention um, an ENX uh, magazine article that you just wrote about this exact topic, which speaks to the relevance and importance of what everybody's going through across all industries and how relevant this content is. So you can kick it off with your with your first point and I'll pick it up at number two. Okay, so as a former sales leader, uh, I think the first thing you need to do as you look at your inventory of your sales team is have you got the right DNA in your sales representatives? And by that, I mean, you know, yesteryear it was, you know, certainly relationship based and a lot of us, you know, used to meet in the field at customer premise, but now we got to go digital. And so on a podcast, someone asked me recently, you know, should we change our interviewing and recruiting process? I said, absolutely. You know, we want to ask people, you know, how big is your social network? How many videos have you posted in the last month? And really, you know, look for that persona of a sales rep, I think, that can skate better in a digital world than maybe a traditional, because who knows when we're going to come out of this thing. Yeah. And speaking of that, my point, which is number two, moving the sales spend into more of a marketing spend. So as we look forward in this pandemic, but also after we get through this pandemic, B2B companies specifically as well are forecasting that the digital interactions are about two to three times more important to their customers than traditional sales interactions, which would be in person. So you mentioned in your article that we're seeing a big shift from the traditional feed on the street outbound, if you will, sales rep into an investment in digital marketing strategy. And so I also want to mention that a strong digital marketing program for all businesses can actually very immediately give your brand a big voice. It can actually create awareness. It can boost consideration rates, which means more leads, which is what you want. And a well-executed plan will touch more potential buyers than any human ever could before, during, and after this pandemic is over. And, you know, Cheryl, as a traditional sales guy, I fought that for a long time, but then I realized, I hey, <laughs> air coverage, okay, versus, you know, marching on the ground, you can cover more. I think you need both, by the way. My second thing to pandemic proof would be for sales leaders to rethink their activity mix, okay? I grew up in an era where it was 200 touches a week, X number of touches per month, you know, phone calls, emails, door knocking, et cetera. And I think if you haven't already, we've got to adjust our activity mix to include things like LinkedIn activity. And a lot of sales leaders right now, I don't think they've done that yet. They're still trying to force phone and email, but the social engagement on LinkedIn, such as you know three to five posts a week, connecting with 30 net new contacts every week, right, is gonna help you pave this new digital highway. And by the way, as we go through this stuff, I don't think either of us are suggesting we everything's done digitally. It's all about getting online engagement to create offline conversations. So my second point uh, is update your activity mix if you haven't already. 
Mm -hmm. So yeah, update your activity sales mix. And then it's, it's also just having an understanding that yes, there's always going to be that interaction with a salesperson and the potential customer, but it's getting to that point. And that's what we're discussing today. So you also wanted to discuss point number four, which is get active on LinkedIn. Yeah, so so we'll we'll pass. We'll we'll approach three thousand people through our thirty day LinkedIn bootcamp this year, which I think is awesome. Uh, thank you if you've gone through it. You know, the biggest thing we recognize is people just don't know how to pedal that bicycle, and as a result, they stay away or they're peripheral players. And so when I say get active on LinkedIn, think about it. Okay, your Rolodex, your digital Rolodex, is now your LinkedIn right network and the stronger our network more people that are likely to consider buy from us in that network the more active we're on there we're going to get in front of them more and you mentioned it earlier cheryl that air coverage strategy i just don't think you can win in 2021 or, or beyond without being active on the number one b2b channel so get active on linkedin would be a huge suggestion for me for sure. And then that kind of relates into my fifth point, which is get social in general. So similar to what we've seen and we already know in the B2C environment, the importance of digital channels on social networks for B2B companies has grown huge, especially since the COVID-19 crisis began. So sales leaders on average, and I know you love stats, Rick, sales leaders on average rate their digital social platforms are approximately twice as important now as they were before we entered this pandemic. So a lot of companies are now thinking, okay, well, what the heck do I post? And something that we discuss with a lot of our clients is around the five star. So how do you break your content into five separate pieces that your customers want to know? Because as you know, you're going to sell more by selling nothing. So the five star is a makeup of content around your product and service, but specifically the challenges that you offer solutions for. So you're not really pushing product and service, you're more pushing the solution that you offer. 20% around your employees, we wanna see who these people are that are behind the scenes. We wanna talk about your clients, your customers, what's their experience like working with you. 20% around industry posts and stuff that's happening that's relevant to your audience. And then 20% around what you are doing within the community to support the community that you work in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to double back on social, and I mentioned LinkedIn, like Cheryl, each month for some of our clients, you deliver your team a rack and stack report. Mm -hmm. And in every month, in every case, with very few exceptions, the top salespeople are the most active on social media, mm -hmm. the top ones every time. Okay, the next thing I think the pandemic proof your business or your sales efforts would be to make sure you've got a strong website. Look, this is again stating the obvious, but if you haven't benchmarked your website against your competitors or at least measured it, you know, one, one common tool people will use is a HubSpot web grader tool. That's HubSpot web grader. If you Google it, you can put your web domain, uh, your web address in there and just get a quick like health check on your website. But your website now is more important than ever because that's your new digital storefront. And so some basic things I think people need to think about is not just creating a magnet as their website, so it's optimized for organic search, but when people get there, how do you make it sticky? So are there things there like chat? Have you got content offers? Or is there a way for someone to engage in maybe uh, surrendering their email to receive things moving forward? My point is if your website is still a destination and not really a 24 by seven sales entity, I think you gotta rethink your website. Yeah, and I think uh, a good way to sort of start in that sense would be to look at the KPIs or the analytics around 
the user experience. So how are people navigating through their site and where are you, you, where are you losing them? And then start there and you'll start to be able to build your site. Uh, point number seven for me is unleashing the power of video, of course. So specifically when dealing with remote teams, some of the challenges that come up on a regular basis with leaders are that uh, people find that there's inconsistent training there is lack of collaboration amongst the team and there's a huge feeling of disconnect. But the good news is that you can actually address all three of those things with video. So with training, it can help you with corporate sales training. It's very easy to consume. It can be broken down into modules, as you know, uh, which supports obviously uh, viewer retention. It's usually compelling to watch, hopefully. And also employers can track whether their employees are actually engaging and and actually obtaining what they're supposed to in the content. The second is collaboration. So it's really easy for companies to create like an online forum. Um, you could do this on a private YouTube channel as an example. You can talk about things like making deals. You can talk about prospecting. You can talk about new offers. Um, you can also answer questions and employees can actually start posting their own videos. So it's a great way for the team to collaborate that way. And then the third is connection. So. Uh, a remote salesperson, as an example, can feel, I know I do at times, very isolated and sort of cut off from the team collectively because it's hard. But video is a really great way to boost morale. You can establish emotional connection with the executive team. You can actually create like motivational messages for your team. Uh, you can set up objectives and send videos that way. You can acknowledge top performers within your organization. You can do some funny stuff. Um, you can actually get your staff to create videos that will be sent out to the organization as well. So video is huge and it's, it's only growing as we head into 2021. And, you know, if people are interested in video. I know we've done multiple episodes on that topic, which mm -hmm. continues to evolve and, uh, you know, I just find, I said to someone this morning on a call, like, I don't find people are reading anymore. They're skimming, but they may stop for a video. Um, okay, my eighth point I had in the article was if you're running a sales team and you're trying to pandemic proof your sales team, which is the topic, you got to be calling high every time, meaning the business owner of the account you're calling into. And this is why, look, calling high isn't a new concept. Although if I was a sales leader and you could try this, if you are, ask your reps to start copying you in on some of their prospecting activities. Maybe it's an email, for example, to see where they're targeting in terms of these new accounts you're trying to get into. And so by calling high, look, I believe as a business owner, if someone says to me in our company, uh, sorry, someone came to someone in our company and said, hey, I think this is a good idea for sell to win or into, the person in middle management sometimes a little uneasy about suggesting things, not in our business, maybe because I like all ideas you have, but in a lot of companies that middle manager is afraid to make a recommendation because, you know, maybe their job's on the line or whatever, or they may be exposed from a vendor that they've got a relationship right now. But we're coaching sales teams with a high effective rate, call high to get that initial meeting. Mm -hmm. And just to prove it, I'm not just talking on the show. Last year, I did an episode, uh, which was videotaped. We had uh, cameras in the cars, and I traveled with a sales rep in the field, a technology sales rep. It was called Canadians in Cars Making Cold Calls. And the biggest takeaway was he gave me an account list the night before, and in every account, I called the owner every time. The owner, the owner, the owner, every time. And the rep couldn't believe how by calling the owner with a value proposition, right, how we initiated a first call as a next step versus calling into middle management and they're all set, et cetera. So my closing point would be, you know, when you're hunting for new business, 
you got to call high every time. Not a new concept, but seldom, uh, too seldom executed would be my, my last point. That's a good point. And uh, just before we wrap up, we're going to actually put the link to the article in the description of the show. So if anybody wants to kind of go through and read all the stuff that we discussed today, you can find it there. Great. You know, Cheryl, just in closing, you know, there's an old saying, right? There's three types of people, right? And uh, there's those that, you know, watch what's happening, those that make things happen, and those that ask what happened. And really the question is, <laughs> You know, as we fast forward these ideas, which one will you be, right? So hopefully you're the one that's going to make these eight things happen. And thank you very much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. It was great to see you. And we'll see you next week on This Marketing Show. All right. Can't wait. See you then.